Good morning. Welcome to worship here this seventh Sunday after Pentecost. A special welcome to any guests or visitors that we have. And also welcome to those who are viewing online. Thank you for joining us. One uh, big announcement I got before we get going is we are doing a Blessing of the Backpacks uh, event for our community on August 13th. And we are collecting backpacks and school supplies to bless our community. And it comes at a, at a critical moment in a lot of families here um, we're, we're kind of running into some financial tough times. A lot of families are, are suffering right now. So this is a great way to uh, bless our communities is uh, alleviating some of that financial burden with school supplies. Um, other thing I wanted to mention is, is uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but we have a, a vote coming up August 2nd, and there's some big ticket items there, uh, namely the value of them both amendment. And uh, just as kind of a make you aware, we had a, one of our members who has the value them both sticker on her bumper who got tailgated and honked at and the person drove out in front of her and you know slammed on the brakes and uh, really threatened her so if you have a sticker just be aware be cognizant of, of uh, there's some people who don't like you um, so just a heads up on that and apparently that's not an isolated incident either here in the area so uh, just be aware of that and also, uh, since this is coming up and um, Pastor Mike's on vacation, uh, we're going to suspend our Jeremiah series for today, and I'll be talking more about uh, the value of them both amendment today and just what God's Word says about um, this issue that uh, our state and our country is facing right now. So uh, consider that your, your trigger warning uh, today. Um, without further ado, though, let us stand and begin our worship with our first song.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We kneel or sit for confession. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord, who has begun this good work in us, bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please stand.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, grant us the Spirit to hear your word and know the one thing needful that by your word and Spirit we may live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated as we continue with our readings. We will not have our anthem for today. The Old Testament reading is from the book of Psalms, chapter 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down. And when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the, light about me be, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as a light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. This is the word of the Lord. The epistles from the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, 
joined and held together by every joint with which it, would, with which it, with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. Invite the congregation to stand in honor of the gospel and as we sing our Alleluia in verse. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the fourth chapter. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. This is the gospel of our Lord.
pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. So in case you've been living under a rock for the last couple months, there was a pretty significant Supreme Court ruling lately that overturned Roe v. Wade. In reaction to this, uh, some people are celebrating and are filled with joy. Other people are sad, weeping, mourning, lamenting, angry, and a very small few are actually committing acts of violence and vandalism in reaction to this Supreme Court ruling. And I know even in amongst our midst, we have some people with some mixed emotions about this issue. And as a disclaimer today, I want you to know that I, my door is open if you want to talk about these kind of issues about life. Um, I'm, I'm more than willing to hear, hear you out. Today, I, I hope to speak to you the truth of God's Word in love, as St. Paul encourages us to do in Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm trying to get a handle, handle this as faithfully as I can. So here's some truth about abortion. Since 1973, over 60 million abortions have been performed. In 2020, 930,000 babies were aborted in the U.S. That's one out of five babies in our country, 20%. In 2021, 43 million babies were aborted worldwide. Just to give you some perspective on that, deaths during World War II, the estimates are between 40 and 50 million. So we have about the equivalent of a World's War death toll due to abortion in our world every year. These are facts, and these are tragic. This amount of death in our world today. I was listening to a podcast the other day by, uh, hosted by a couple of atheists who are evolutionary biologists. And uh, you may wonder, why does pastor listen to these kind of people? Well, I like to hear what other people are saying, what people are thinking in our world today. And I also appreciate these two because they often speak the truth, even when it's not convenient for them. And I'm a fan and a, fa- and a friend of anybody who speaks the truth. So in this particular podcast, they were weighing in on the Roe v. Wade debate, and they said that most Americans are in the middle on this issue which is a true statement. This is truth. They said, there's the far right who say practically no abortion. That's a small minority. And then there's the far left who say abortion should be uh, allowed up to and even post-birth, some of these people say. So uh, these biologists will admit that the science is pretty clear. Uh, Human life starts at conception. That uh, fertilized egg... creates its own unique DNA, and it is no longer the mother or the father, but it's its own life form. They admit this much. They also still admit that they um, are pro-choice up until a certain point, um, but they admit that their logic for that conclusion is not all that consistent. In fact, they say that uh, these conservative Christians, or who they called fundamentalists, have the most logically consistent argument when it comes to abortion. And they explain that some of these people... You know, a very small minority of people believe that every human life is created in the image of God and worthy of protection and worth every human life. So these really smart people 
admit that their position is not very logically consistent, and yet they hold to it. Well, the truth is, yeah, we do have a really good argument um, based on our beliefs. And th- this argument doesn't come from us, but comes from transcendent truth uh, given to us by God as revealed to us through scriptures. God's word says that he created humans in his own image, Genesis 1.27. And also, all throughout the Bible, here's a few passages we read that God is intimately involved in the creation of every human life. He knits us together in our mother's wombs. He's part of that creative process. And even today, scientists are kind of baffled at this miracle called life. Conception is beyond uh, understanding uh, for us humans. It's a miracle. Life is miraculous, and God is intimately involved in that process. God's word also tells us to voluntarily take someone else's life is contrary to his will, contrary to his commands. And abortion is the taking of life, which is contrary to God's will. You can see this very graphically if you've ever witnessed or watched a a video of an abortion actually happening through a sonogram or ultrasound. It's It's powerful to watch and persuasive if you have some feelings about this. Uh, I want you to listen to one of our members, uh, Sarah Mercer, who usually worships that Saturday night, share her story about this kind of seeing what's going on in the womb. Are you going to play, Mark? Do you have to press something? Oh, should have double-checked that one. Sorry, folks. Well, I'll tell you her story. She, um, growing up, was very pro-choice in high school and even had a friend who was considering an abortion, and she strongly encouraged, yeah, do it. This will ruin your life if you uh, have a kid while you're in high school. She went to college and had a sociology course, and in it, uh, the professor um, showed a video uh, through an ultrasound of, a, of an abortion. And Sarah watched a baby in the womb get its rimmed limbs torn off, and it changed her mind on the issue, completely changed her mind on the issue. And she said, I can't be an adv- advocate for this anymore. This is the taking of a human life. And her tune changed. Then, and there, invariably, we'll get this... Um, Question, what about rape, incest, or when the mother's life is at risk? My first thought on this is, this is tragic. This is sad when this happens. And we should weep and mourn and lament when this does happen, that we live in such a world, broken, infested with sin. Like, this is sad. These situations. Heartbreaking. Second thought, total abortions due to rape or incest in this country, uh, depending on the study that you look at, are between 1 and 5%. Those to, done to save the mother's life are less than 1%. So 95% or thereabouts of abortions are for other reasons. Um, fear or convenience or whatever the reason is. 
Number three point I have here is ought we to punish an unborn child with death for someone else's sin? Is that just? Is that fair to that child? Some will argue, well, they're just going to be born into a really rough situation. But does that give us license to say who lives and who dies? We don't know. It's not a right. Number four, the states with the most restrictive abortion laws allow for abortions for these instances. I looked up Texas and Oklahoma, and yeah, they have a clause in there that uh, allows for these sorts of situations. Um, you can fact check me on this and see, well, there's this one state who doesn't. I, don't, I didn't look at all the states. Ohio was another one that's recently been in the, the news, but Ohio has a clause in their uh, laws for this instance. Which brings me to the value of them both amendment that we're uh, about to vote on here on August 2nd. Now, there's been a ton of misinformation out there about this amendment and what it means. A lot of uh, propaganda going on from the other side of this debate. A lot of lies being told and half-truths being told. But in 2019, the Kansas Supreme Court made a ruling um, that said our Constitution, the first section, the preamble, which mirrors the United States Constitution, that everyone has equal rights, and those rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Supreme Court says this is justification for abortion. I, I'm assuming the liberty and the pursuit of happiness parts uh, are emphasized in that. And they talk about uh, a woman having uh, bodily autonomy and the rights to do uh, what she wants medically. That's their rationale. And so we got this amendment. The amendment is going to be uh, to the Constitution that explicitly states that this Section 1 does not include abortion, essentially. Uh, that that is not one of these... Um, fundamental rights that we have, and our Constitution doesn't say that. So if it passes, and this is by a simple majority, so 51% of Kansans need to vote yes on this for it to pass, and if it passes, all laws that have been passed to date will remain. And some of those laws include no late-term abortions, and, uh, which is something that most people would agree on. Other regulations are, are health and sanitation for abortion clinics. Um, so if this doesn't get passed, I think starting this fall, all the laws that we've passed in Kansas to date will be null and void, which means there's going to be no oversight or regulation for this um, procedure. And so, also, informed consent, that's an, a law on the books uh, regarding these procedures. Uh, a mother is, uh, needs to know the consequences of this procedure, and a lot of times there's negative health consequences. A lot of times there's emotional consequences of, of guilt and shame around it, and a doctor needs to inform a patient about these sorts of things. But if it doesn't get passed, um, that won't be a rule. Then future laws will be decided by the people of Kansas through the state legislature, through elected officials, and the only thing this amendment does ban is taxpayer-funded abortions. So that's if it passes. If it doesn't pass, it's pretty much an abortion free-for-all. That's what's at stake here, August 2nd. Now, what I really want you to hear, and what I really want you guys to leave with, is, is why we're so passionate about this. We, here at Ascension, and the LCMS, um, and Orthodox Christians around the world are passionate about this issue, is because it's a salvation issue. It's about the mission of God. It's about life and death. 
So we read in God's word, um, King David writes, I was sinful from birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So we are conceived into a sinful state, separated from God, destined to be separated from him forever when we are conceived and born into this world. So my question is, does God save unborn babies from eternal damnation? What do you guys think? Does he save them? Maybe some head nods. Maybe I don't know. That's right. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. God's word doesn't say. Can he save unborn children? I pray. I hope and I pray. I pray for these kids. I pray for all the miscarried children. And in those cases, I encourage, especially Christian uh, parents, have you been listening to the word of God? Have you been reading the word of God? Have you been participating in the sacrament? In that case, of like, well, it seems like your baby's in Christ already through you. That's my comfort for those. But we pray, you know, we pray for, for God to have mercy. mercy. He is gracious and he is merciful. And we pray for mercy on all these unborn children. So what do we know about salvation? How, how is one saved? Through faith and baptism. When someone hears the word of God, repents and believes the good news that their sins are forgiven through Christ's sacrifice on the cross and baptism that seals that faith with God's love and where we're adopted into his family and given eternal life. That's what we know about salvation. And so why are we so passionate about uh, preserving life in the womb? Well, we want these kids to be born and we want them to be exposed to the word of God so that they might believe in Jesus, get baptized, and be saved for eternity. That's why we're so passionate about this. We don't want people going to hell. God doesn't want people going to hell. He desires all to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So that's why we protect these children. Same reason why we send missionaries to the far corners of the earth, to people group who have never heard the name of Jesus. It's because we want them to know who their Savior is and be saved for eternal life. That's why this is important. So we speak the truth in love even if it's not convenient, even if we suffer for it. We speak the truth, but do so graciously and lovingly, not finger-waggingly, not condemning other people. So you know what? The rhetoric around this debate is fiery. And I'm sure you probably experienced some of it even in your own families, in your workplaces. Uh, people get passionate about this topic, and I do too. I get passionate about it. But let us avoid the trap of othering. You guys ever heard of this? Othering? Yeah, no, probably not. Well, it's, it's when we draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not associating with those people. I'm not talking to those people. Those people are less than human. I can't believe those people who support abortion. I, just, I, I, I got no time for them. Or vice versa. I can't believe those people who don't believe in individual rights, like the right to abortion. I can't, bodily autonomy. I can't, I'm not talking to him. We draw the line in the sand, we point our fingers, and we condemn people. That's not the way of Jesus. That's not the way of Christ. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 in his Sermon on the Mount, You've heard it said in the law that you shall not murder. Truly I say to you, though if you're angry with your brother, you'll be liable to judgment. 
If you insult your brother, you'll be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. What does Jesus do here? I know we may be thinking like, okay, if this is the bar, you shall not murder. I'm doing pretty good on that one. Yeah, I'm pretty righteous. Jesus takes that bar and he puts it so high that no one could possibly jump over it. That's what Jesus does with the law. He levels the playing field. Here's another truth. We're all sinners. No sin is greater than another. We all deserve hellfire and damnation for it. But thanks be to God, he has sent us his son Jesus to forgive us, to give us new life. I'm reminded of Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well when I think about this issue. Through a radical act of grace and compassion and mercy, Jesus talks to this Samaritan woman, which was not socially acceptable, which was against Jewish tradition, showed a radical act of grace just engaging with this woman. Then he speaks truth to her. He says, go call your husband. She says, I have no husband. Jesus says, you're right. You're right. You've had five, and the one you're living with right now is not your husband. Jesus confronts her with reality, with the truth, the reality of her sin. But he doesn't stop there. No, he says, I have something for you. I have living water for you. And if you come drink this living water, it wells up to eternal life. You will never be thirsty again if you come drink this water. And the woman's like, well, the Messiah will come and explain everything. And Jesus says, I am he. I am the Messiah. Repent and believe the good news. I'm here for you, for your life. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. So that's my message for us all, all of us who struggle with sin. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus loves you. God loves you so much he sent Jesus to die for you. No sin is too great for his forgiveness. Come and drink the living water that Christ offers us. Come and be transformed by the love of God. No sin is too great. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is sufficient to take away all of our sin. Give us new life. Give us eternal life with him. And those of us who have been transformed the gospel, then we, we live our lives in response to, to love Jesus and that, let that love flow out to other people and to live our lives according to his commands and his precepts. Why? So that we're good? So we can be good? No. Because they're life-giving commandments. They're good for us. So let us not condemn others. Let us love them, be compassionate, especially for those dealing with this issue of abortion or contemplating it. They don't need our condemnation. They need our love, our time, our compassion. It's a scary situation to be in. It's fearful. We need to love these people stuck in this, in this situation and not condemn I know a lot of people that I've talked to about this, um, you know, when we sit down and really have a conversation about it, they come to a realization, if they're Christians, that, yeah, like this abortion is taking life, and it's, it's not good. 
But what are we going to do about all these kids that are potentially being born into really rough situations with not very many resources, and their life is going to, you know, like it, the odds are against them. What are we going to do? Let's do something. What can we do? I have, you know, what are we doing to help these kids, these families have life? Well, I know that there's a lot of people in this room who are doing something, who have done something. So if you're willing, raise your hand if you have adopted or fostered a kid. Got a couple of us here, yeah? Raise your hand if you have been adopted, if you're comfortable with that. Anybody? Yeah? A few of us have been adopted. Okay, raise your hand if you have supported a pregnancy center or an adoption agency, fostering, or if you've worked at, you know, in social work and for these families that are caught, yeah? Okay, how about who's filled, out one, filled up one of those embrace baby bottles full of change? Raise your hand if you've filled up one of those bottles before between uh, Mother's Day and Father's Day. Yeah, like m- the majority of us. So yes, we are doing something to support these families. Embrace especially. They, do, they don't just do pregnancy counseling or ultrasounds. They do those sorts of things right in the midst of the pregnancy. Uh, but more than that, they have a full-time staff member who helps uh, get people the resources that they need if they decide to keep the baby. And that involves all the social support, WIC, uh, all the welfare stuff that's available for them. There's a person on staff who specializes in adoption um, and working through that process and gives them the right resources. They have parenting classes. They have baby showers that give these uh, parents all baby diapers, wipes, clothes, food. They, they don't just do the pregnancy stuff. They, they, do, they support these families so they can you know, support the kid's life. Now, I had another video of somebody who's been really blessed by adoption, and I have a feeling it's not going to work, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm going to make sure it works next time. So, Jennifer Garrison, uh, one of our members, is a co-founder of Passageways, a homeless veterans ministry. And she, if you, you probably didn't know this, but she was adopted. Her mother... Um, became pregnant, was her first child, was scared. It was, she felt isolated, uh, lonely. And uh, her parents strongly encouraged her to keep the baby, even though she really didn't want to. Um, and she had the baby and put her up for adoption. And Jennifer uh, was adopted when she was two days old and to her uh, adopted family. She now, um, out of a gratitude for this, has, and, and she was searching at 18 years old. She wanted to find out who her birth parents were. She met them. She met her two sisters and her brother, biological siblings, and now has a great relationship with them and has for a number of years. And every day, or every year on her birthday, she sends her birth mother 12 uh, roses, yellow roses, as an appreciation. Because her birthday is not just celebrating her life, but the, the gift of life that her mother gave her. The gift of life that her mom gave her. She thanks her. And I tell you what, there's a lot of people uh, in our community that are thankful for the life of Jennifer Garrison. A lot of homeless veterans that are very thankful for Jennifer and her life and her service to God and her community. 
And I know a lot of people in this room, um, you know, Janelle Strong, one of our members, she's very um, active in, in this value than both stuff, but more than that, she, she walks the walk. She volunteers her time a few hours a week at uh, Embrace, counseling young women. She's getting training to do parenting courses there at Embrace as well. And she is an advocate for these families. And uh, we can do more, of course. Like, are we doing enough? No, we're not. I mean, we can do more to support these uh, families. And so I encourage us all to find ways to get involved and help our community and people um, who are struggling. That's my encouragement for all of us today. Now may the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. I invite the congregation now to stand and confess our faith together in the words of the Nicene Creed. I guess we'll have to go with our bulletins. Let us confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism and remission of sin. In our prayers today, we remember Bob Bakken, Lavernia McCoy, Sam Bergner, Mary Ann Fuller, Pat Lindgren, Patrice Moore, Ray Miller, Sandy Runyon, Mike Trogett, and Catherine Tucker. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you have knit us together in our mother's womb. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Teach us always to rejoice and give you thanks for this gift of life. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty and everlasting God, who rules all things in heaven and earth, give your wisdom to the leaders of this government and nations throughout the world, that they may seek to govern with justice and compassion, as they create policies and legislation cause them to defend the lives of all people. We pray for judges and court officials, that they may seek to do what is right in your eyes, and that all their decisions will be founded in justice and truth. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus, a bruised reed you will not break, and a smoldering wick you will not snuff out. Grant mercy, forgiveness, and wisdom to all who are wrestling with life issues. 
Help us to be slow to cast judgment and quick to offer grace. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We ask for you to raise up new workers for your harvest of souls here and throughout the world. Thank you for answering the prayers of the people of Ascension Pratt, and we ask that you would bless the installation this afternoon and future ministry of Pastor Matt Schultz. Lord, in your mercy. Great physician, you hold the power over life, and you heal the sick. Grant healing and comfort to all those we have, those we have named and those we name now in our hearts. Give them perseverance in the midst of their suffering and increase their faith. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated as we continue with our offering. We gather our tithes and offerings in thanksgiving to God and all that he has done for us to continue his mission here. This is also a good time to bring forth your attendance cards. Please stand. We pray. Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive Renew and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. 
To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. So we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to the disciples and said, Take, drink, this is the New Testament in my blood, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please stand. Receive this very body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May this meal strengthen you and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting. Depart in his peace. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for joining us in worship this morning. Pray that you're blessed by our time here in God's Word and Sacrament. And uh, one little final announcement. You can find more information about Embrace and uh, one adoption agency out there, St. Francis, and also value them both over on the tables in the back. I encourage you to check that out. Now, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen.